We're going on a trip to the past today and I'd love you to join in. We're going to share some of the precious memories of Karen Up author Bob Primrose. He writes about his childhood in Western Australia, first in the southwest of WA and then in Carlisle in the 1930s and 40s. And his memoir is called Tall Timber, Brown Paper and Porridge. It's a glimpse into daily life in the old days when things like the local itinerant used to drive down the road in an old ute full of rabbits for sale with hessian sacks over the top to keep the flies away and the horse-drawn milk cart and the Kulgadi safe, all common sights. And I'd love you to share your memories of the past as well. I'm sure some of Bob's will prompt you here in Western Australia or from wherever you came from. You might like to share some of the gems of your youth that seemed so normal then and they're now just precious snapshots, almost lost. One three hundred triple two seven twenty or one double nine double two seven twenty. Let's say hi to Bob. Hello. Hello, Gillian. Fantastic that you could come in. It sounds like you had a pretty adventurous childhood. Well, I it was a normal childhood, but when I look back, I think it was quite adventurous. It didn't seem adventurous at the time. It was just what little boys did. And you grew up in the Depression, which, I mean, those of us who didn't sort of look back with a kind of, you know, smug sympathy, but then you read about it and it sounds like you actually had quite a lot of fun. Yes, well, I think you were probably given a little more freedom by your parents. There was not so much worry about uh, the political correctness of doing things. Uh, You were just uh, given responsibilities and most times honoured them. Uh, You were taught discipline and uh, expected to be disciplined if you did the wrong thing. But that was normal. Yes, and it's, it's uh, I mean, some, some of the things that you, you, you reminisce about are just, uh, you, you talk about, it's not, not just things and events, it's the kind of um, ethos that you lived with as yeah. well was very different. Yes. Well, well storytelling, I think, was, was part of sort of the culture of those days. Mums and dads always told stories or read from a book, but but more often than not, stories about their life and passed on. And I remember as a little, uh, I don't know what age, but very, very young, uh, being the one whose turn it was to sit on Dad's lap while he told us some of his stories of his childhood. And to, and just to be the closeness and the the, uh, the feel of his voice, this, you know, the whole family atmosphere was just a wonderful thing, you know. And I remember those sorts of things very well. And you talk about, uh, I love the story about the old um, itinerant with the... Or the rabbits. The rabbits. Tell us about that. (laughs) Yes, well, you'd hear him coming, calling, you know, rabbito, rabbito, and you knew that he was there. The trouble was you didn't, uh, he didn't come, say, on a particular day of the week. I suppose if he had a good catch, he'd uh, travelled more streets than he would otherwise. And... uh, the rabbits had simply been gutted and placed in the back of the uh, of his utility and covered over with a bag to keep off the flies. And uh, you uh, bought one or two or three, or your mother bought one or two or three or whatever, because uh, and that, of course that was mainly in the in the city. That was, but uh, in the country, of course, um, you caught your own. My older brother had quite a little business of catching rabbits and selling them to people that didn't like the job of going out and setting traps and having to catch the rabbits the next uh, pick out the, the rabbits up the next morning and dress them and sell them as dressed rabbits. And I think he got sixpence each for them or something, but it was quite a thriving little business. Yeah. I'll bet. And Mum was the centre of the household days before feminism? Yeah, of course, yes. Was, uh, mum, was, mum was everything. <laughs> 
And uh, I, I feel particularly privileged that I had such a wonderful mum. They had so many little sayings that meant so much that uh, that they sort of embedded in us that sort of, I suppose, moulded your your character and your future. Like if any job's worth doing, it's do thing, worth doing well. Uh, and uh, to do the best that you can, don't be afraid of failure. Just do the best you can. Reach for the sky like the tall trees. Oh, lovely. And she always had a cupboard full of home remedies because oh, yes. you, you couldn't just sort of duck out to the chemist necessarily no, or, the, or no. the doctor. Well, kerosene was, uh, you know, a good old standby. Kerosene was taken on, uh, say, a teaspoonful of sugar, but several drops of kerosene was a, a good remedy for the colds and the coughs. It was used <laughs> as an antiseptic, uh, all sorts of things like that that uh, would horrify people. I mean, even, even the phenol that... Uh, they used to uh, to sort of uh, put into the lavatory pan. My dad used some of that in, in a foot bath to sort of help his rheumatism. <laughs> and uh, wrapping a, a sprained ankle with uh, with lettuce leaves and sort of to to help reduce the the swelling and all sorts of things like that. They were just commonplace. That's what they did. Well, I guess you just had, you had to use what you had. They did. They made do with whatever they had. You never felt disadvantaged or. Uh, Underprivileged, you. That was life. That's what everything everyone did, you know. And you, and you, and you're pretty tough. If you got into a um, a scrap with other kids, you you didn't necessarily get into trouble for it in, oh, no, in those days. I, I can never really remember ever being uh, um, reprimanded for being in a bit of a, uh, a boyhood scrap. I probably got uh, a bit of a scrap for not looking at a, a bit of a criticism from my dad for not ducking quick enough or. Uh, you know, or not looking after myself enough, you know. And that, so that's, again, that's the way that it was. So you didn't, uh, you didn't tell tales? No, I don't think. Uh, I, it, you wouldn't have got much sympathy if you did, I don't think. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. if you've got a memory from your childhood that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Or one double nine double two seven twenty. Now tell us where the brown paper comes into this in the title of the book. Is that another one of your mum's home remedies? I, until I've sort of have spoken a bit about it, I've been a little amazed that it wasn't more common I thought it was part of the culture of the Scots English background that I came from. That uh, that mothers collected good quality ground paper, and they made little vests that we wore under our clothing to keep warm in winter. And it was just held together with a couple of safety pins. And you had to be particularly careful when you took it off; you didn't damage it too much. And if you were careful, as you uh, and it could probably last up to a week. You know, and it it became impregnated also with things like camphor oil or. Uh, um, or eucalyptus, you know, it became part of the sort of inhalation that you were having for those winter ills as, as well as keeping you warm, yeah. And what what are some of the other memories that you used to have? What what are the sort of games that you would play? Did you make your own toys? Um, not make ourselves, but I remember Dad, I mean, um, old pram wheels were a, were a must that uh, were sort of treasured to make up little billy cart type things that we pulled around and... Uh, it, uh, I remember there was an old horse at uh, wherever it came from at Jaredale that uh, seemed to come up out of the dark uh, around sort of bedtime and every kid that could get on the horse would get on. There may be five or six squealing little boys or girls sitting on the back of this old horse that never got the least bit phased about so many kids being on it. And the kid at the front would say, get up, and 
the kids on the back that weren't hanging on fast enough would fall off the back. How nobody got injured, I don't know, but uh, it was great fun. Talking to Bob Primrose on Afternoon, his childhood memoir, The Tall Timber, Brown Paper and Porridge. Now, you moved from the southwest of Western Australia up to Carlisle. What are your memories of of the differences? Well, it was, it was a big difference because from being in a um, in an environment where tall trees and, and the ever-pervading smell of sawdust existed um, to a suburban area, that was there was none of that. There was very few tall trees. That everything had been cleared. There were still empty sort of blocks in Carlisle and there was lots of little sandy tracks through the bush, but it was enti- entirely different. The bit of shrubbery that was there was nothing like the tall timbers of the southwest. Um, there was a different atmosphere too. The war had had not much, and that uh, although the depression had had an imp- you know an impression on us, the actual war, what was happening in the war, wasn't so relevant. But when we got to the city, I was probably about nine or ten, and it was sort of full scale. You had a get your blood group taken, you had to have it engraved on a little disc that you wore on a lanyard around your neck at all times, which which the family said was in case we got blown up so they'd know what blood to give us, <laughs> which was rather shocking. And we had to dig um, trenches, slit trenches in the schoolyard, and at home they encouraged us to dig trenches and fashion them for the family. They never lasted long because... Like all kids, you were jumping in and out of the trenches and they weren't reinforced with wood and they very quickly you know, caved in. Uh, but there were other... There was, also, there was an atmosphere of, um, of anxiety about the, the war in, in the metropolitan area because um, they had practices where the air raid sirens went on. We'd never heard air raid sirens in, this morning, in the country. Uh, at school... The teachers on occasions would tell us to, when the air raid siren went, to run home as quickly as we could so they could estimate which was the better way for us to run home and be with our parents or take refuge in the, in the, the facilities as basic as they were at school in the event of an air raid. You know. And did you pick up on that anxiety a lot, or as, as kids, did you just, you know, find these trenches and these sort of runs kind of just added to the sort of excitement that war games, yeah, you know, give kids? Yes, to a certain extent. But then, of course, you also became aware of people losing fathers and brothers and, 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 and injuries and people lost during the war and the tragedies that struck other families. Even my older brother was in the Merchant Navy and... Uh, he, uh, we worried about him as to whether he'd ever come home, you know. But, but my dad was uh, a semi-cripple and he was not, uh, you know, he had uh, severe problems with his legs. So he was, he was never in the military service. Or, or he was always with us, you know. So we didn't have our dad away, yeah. And, and did he feel that? That you remember? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I, th- I think he accepted. I mean, he uh, was a volunteer um, night, um, like a warden where they had lookouts. And even though he had so seriously sort of handicapped legs, he, part of the job was to climb the giant uh, chimney that was at the cement works at, uh, at, um, at Rivervale at the time when the lookout position was right at the top of the chimney. You think how hard that would have been for a man with his condition. Yet that's what he did. He rode his bicycle there to do it, you know. And uh, so there was a lot of things that um, 
what he may have lacked physically, he made up for in spirit. He was a, a very uh, strong-willed, you know, determined little Scotsman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a wonderful book and they are wonderful memories. So thank you for coming in and sharing this with us today, Bob. Thank you. Tim. Bob Primrose is the author of Tall Timber, Brown Paper and Porridge. It's a lovely childhood memoir of growing up in the Depression, both in the South West and in metropolitan Perth in the 1930s and 40s.